Let me just get a sip of water before. Good morning or good evening or good afternoon, depending on when you are listening or watching us. And thank you for being here in the, another material business episode. My name is Monica Hernandez and I am your host with Infinity Growth. And I have a very special guest. Hugo Julien is, he and I have been working for a long, long time. And thank you for accepting the invitation. He has a lot of knowledge of many different areas. So today we are going to touch base in one of them. Thank you, Hugo, for being here. Uh, mi placer. Mi placer. <laughs> so Hugo currently works as um, at CEP Forensics as Forensic Engineer and HJC Consultants as a Senior Consultant in Pressure Installations of All Kinds. He has ha held several positions of responsibility in different departments, such as quality, production, and engineering assessment, and has been applying the ASME API codes in very in-depth fascination since 1998. I witnessed that when we worked at Shell. <laughs> Due to his expertise in interpretation and practical application of codes, Mr. Julian is a highly sought-after consultant for pressure equipment and storage tank fabrication, inspection, repair, and all sorts of engineering assessments. He is also a skilled communicator able to easily define and solve problems. Mr. Julian has also been giving seminars on pressure vessels and piping since 2004 as an ASN instructor. He's also a certified API 571 and a CSA W178.2 level two inspector. Finally, he's a CSA B51 associate member since 2017. Hugo, thank you so much for being here. It's my pleasure, Monica. So let's begin. Yes. I, when I, I ask you to come to the podcast, I wanted you to bring all that side that you have access now as a forensic engineer. And because we have been talking to many people in the podcast and we know that we have, sometimes we don't make the best decisions, right? When we have to do material selection or when we have to maintain equipment or we operate equipment. <laughs> And that brings, and we all know that, that brings failure uh, before estimated life or at the end of life, or it brings some sort of anything, right? So maybe let's start by defining what is that a forensic engineer term? He's a, a, a kind of fool. Is he's, you know, it's pretty niche. <laughs> this is the kind of uh, engineering uh, a field that uh, uh, that you will be able to see things that you will never seen before uh, normally as a normal engineer let's say so in other words we are waiting incidents we are waiting it's sort of way to see it we are waiting incidents of all kinds explosion leakage uh, we can we can maybe face some different kind of uh, contract uh, uh, issues, you know, uh, different kind of conflict between two parties. You know, we have a contract to do. We have a mis uh, we have a, mis uh, a problem with of interpretation of the contract. 
we thought that it was that and it, uh, the, the client say no, it, you say yes. And you need lawyers to do to to do that kind of stuff. So they need me sometimes to uh, to do these kind of interpretations. So in other words, it's always conflicts, incidents, bad days. OK, bad uh, human errors. <laughs> I think it's the main main. Uh, it's pretty important to insist on that. It's never uh, done by magic. There is always human somewhere. So in other words, my mission is to understand what happened and find out the reasons why the incident uh, came in, into place. So it's not easy sometimes because um, there is a lot of emotion. Sometimes people don't want it to say to me that it was their fault. So I need mm -hmm. to find out by asking questions by, you know, finding out uh, or investigating different kind of documents. Uh, the quality of the documents, it's pretty important, by the way, uh, guys, mm -hmm. if you give me some documents that it was not well done uh, in quality documents, it will not help me to find out the real the real answer of the reason why the incident uh, occurred. And of course, I, I, it will bring me in a bad direction. And if you're uh, if the direction is to 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 uh, to say that this guy is the the bad guy and in fact it was not the case this is this is can be very horrible and you know i can say that you are the bad guy and finally because of the quality of the document it was not that bad guy he, what i didn't find the real bad guy so it, it, the quality of the document needs to be pretty well done and and of course um yeah i don't know if i'm answering answering your question but at the end of the day i'm waiting incidents this is a forensic engineer so so it's almost like a forensic in like in real life. Someone murders someone and then the investigator comes and finds out who yes. that murderer is. So in these cases, what happened? And I hear you said and you made emphasis on the word human error. Yes. So is that what you're finding most of the cases? It's almost one hundred percent of the time. One hundred percent of the time. It can be name it you can it can be different kind of subjects such as uh, you know you have a, a process to uh, to deal with chemicals uh, temperature ph uh, oxygen content you know all these kind of uh, chemicals that we uh, need to carry or transport in from a to b or putting in the pressure of equipment so now it's time to talk about the appropriate material mm -hmm. to 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 uh, to deal with these kind of chemicals if it's not the appropriate materials, of course, it's written in the sky that you will have issues and you will find me in your way somewhere. <laughs> and I will find you. <laughs> <laughs> so it can so, be the wells, the heat affected zone. It can be whatever you can imagine related with the fact that the material has not been well chosen. And 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 the other question is, OK, let's say that we are operating the equipment after 10 years, 10 years, we can see a leakage. So the question is, is it good 10 years? Is it reasonable lifetime for a pressure equipment? So 10 years, probably it will be no, probably. It can be yes for another context, but it's rare that it's a yes. Or maybe 25 years. What about 35 years? Okay, Monica, you don't re react. Maybe 45 years. Is it good for pressure equipment? 
it depends of a, a very uh, a lot of context, of course, to be able to answer this kind of question. And and it's part of the forensic engineering. We need to to answer these questions because the lawyers want to see that mm -hmm. to be able to negotiate with the other parties to to say to these guys, hey, forty five years, it was not very very impressive for that mm -hmm. pressure equipment. So probably you're, uh, you're, you did an error 45 years ago by choosing this kind of material for that service. So this is, yeah, this is a, a good example here. It can be whatever you can imagine. It can be the maintenance. This is another bad guy in maintenance. We are doing a perfect design, great material. The manufacturing process has been well done. Great documentation, quality documentation, very professional. And then we operate the equipment without any inspection. <laughs> or the inspection has been done, but it's not clear. It was not very professional because we didn't took the time to understand all the damage mechanism involved. We didn't took the time to choose the appropriate NDEs, a non-destructive examination to find these non-destructive, uh, the risk of damage mechanism. You know, if it's a crack that we need to find, because there is a risk of crack and we are not choosing the NDEs for to find cracks. It's not exactly what is the purpose of an inspection program. So it, it can be that. And the mission of the forensic engineer, of course, it's to go back and say, OK, what can be a good inspection plan for that context and compare it with, uh, with what they did? You know, and what is the frequency of these inspections? And what about the output of the inspection and uh, what they did with the, the output of the inspection uh, uh, results? So it, it, it can be tricky sometimes because there is a lot of gray zone. So you need to be careful by choosing your words in your report. If I'm saying that it's a bad guy, but I need to be sure that it's the bad guy. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we 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 uh, it's not uh, not not sometimes it's all always difficult to uh, to point people you know for sure for sure because you're you're also like you said it we're working with emotions and yes. and people that took decisions and who wants to be blamed nobody wants to be blamed no no, no nobody and, wants uh, to be blamed yeah yeah and, especially sure. twenty five years after the fact. Let's say, just imagine you did a, you're doing an, an a design right now today. You're uh, sealing a, a drawing, and do you know that in 25 years we you can receive a, a phone call mm -hmm. from whatever a lawyer or whatever, uh, and you receive a letter from that guy and saying to you that 25 years ago you did a bad design. And this is the, this is where you did a, a, a bad design, and you need to fight to prove that that design was good to go. And you did another stuff pretty bad, which is the maintenance, or you know, the um, the other subject, Monica. By the way, it's the operating windows, you know, operating um, uh, operating windows of the equipment. And you know, if let's say that uh, the the maximum pressure is uh, 100 psi. And you 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 choose you choose a set pressure of your safety relay valve at let's say 200 psi, and you operate it at 150 psi or whatever. So it's you know it's pretty easy. 
to say that it's not exactly what was the purpose of that pressure equipment. An explosion occurred. We called that the designer 25 years ago, and of course it will be easy for that guy to prove that the equipment was not operated according to this is limitation, let's say, which is mm -hmm. the maximum available working pressure. But the very bad subject that I'm seeing a lot of time, it's the fatigue aspect. So mm -hmm. we have a maximum operating pressure of 100 PSI, let's say, on the nameplate of the equipment, but the owner operated with with different kind of batches. Let's say the process is in the batch process. So we are removing the product inside of the, the vessel to zero PSI, and then the next day, 100 PSI, and then the next day, zero PSI. So we are fluctuating mm -hmm. the pressure inside. So the original designer didn't know that, for example, mm -hmm. that they, were, they will use it for a, a, a fatigue aspect. Let's say the damage mechanism was uh, will be fatigue. And he didn't design it for that purpose. And the cracked occur, leak, or maybe bad, bad worst case scenario, an explosion. So who, who's responsible of that? Mm -hmm. For Is sure. It? Yeah. And so you're bringing a lot of really important aspects, and is this you know the social responsibility of pH and uh, the people that are sealing the, those designs, those drawings, that responsibility never ends because if something happens down the road, like you said, 25 years in the next, in the next 25 years, then probably you'll have to go back and find out a way to defend yourself and you might not even have those files anymore. But so yes. it is, it is very important to be thorough and to have all that backup uh, for a long time. So that's one of the, the very good things, but you're also mentioning. So let me ask you this. A failure can occur for many bad decisions. So we can take a bad decision at the design or at the fabrication or operation or maintenance or installation. Yeah, so it can be installation, installation issues. Yeah fabrication yeah. and installation. So which one is the one that you're seeing the most? In which of those is maintenance? Wow. So uh, and operation. Uh, yeah, they are, there, is, there is a battle between the operation and the maintenance. In other words, it's post-construction activities. Uh-huh. Uh, probably 80% of the time it's related with bad operation and or bad inspection because in other words we purchase something like that pressure equipment of all kinds it can be a border by the way it can be a storage tank we didn't talk about that it can be a steel stack it can be whatever you can a pipeline okay it's always the same story so we um we are doing the design at the first uh, first day we are doing a great design it's done according to the standard Let's say, but of course, all your uh, assumptions as a designer, by the way, just, just want to open something quickly. If you want to do assumptions, don't keep it in your mind. Put it oh, on no, the paper. It has to be documented. Yeah, yes, sure. yes, because 25 years later, if we are going back to your design, it's not written anywhere that you didn't took in consideration, didn't take in consideration the uh, the, the fatigue aspect or the, the seismic 
or it can be a, the a crosswind, or it can be uh, just imagine all the load cases that you can imagine. You didn't you didn't take in consideration these load cases, but it was not important. I put it on the on the paper that it was not important for you at that time. So you need to be clear. This is there is a witness at that specific location, to be honest, for the uh, the, the, the the design aspect. But it's rare that the design didn't well is the cause of the, the, the incident. The real cause is we are not operating the equipment according to the original uh, design and we don't inspect it because we don't know how to inspect it or we are delegating the task to a, an NDE uh, subcontractor do an inspection. I don't know exactly what I need, but do it. And then you are doing it, bring a, a report to you, and you don't know what, how to do, uh, how to uh, read the Assess. report. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what to do with the result of the report. And you put it in the file and you forget it. Uh, normally, these guys, these NDEs guys are not engineers, normally. I'm not saying that it's not the, always the case, but they, they are technicians. They are doing the job that you do you want to 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 do. And these I'm talking about the ultrasonic examination. I'm talking about maybe a magnetic testing. I don't know exactly, but it's not structured. They don't know the real uh, story about the vessel. They are doing their best with their uh, their knowledge, but, but they don't know the damage mechanism involved. They don't know anything about all these And they don't things. have to because they're not paid yes. to know it. That is why you have people like us doing yes. and telling them this is the mechanism and this is how you should be inspecting to get that mechanism. And you, you touch a point that is really important. It's you don't, like even today uh, when uh, we are called into plants uh, of all sorts, a lot of the times, all the inspection plans are based on ultrasonic testing, like, and I mean thickness, ultrasonic testing, mm. which we know is good for general corrosion, and that's about it. Mm. So the chances for you to pick a pitting or the chances for you to even pick some other mechanisms are very rare with that technique. Um, but there is, I, I just wanted confirmation. So 80% of the time is not, is post-construction. That is a lot. Yes. Uh, yes. It's yes. Well, it, it can be, uh, as mentioned, it can, the post-construction activities can be related with the original design, such as, for another example, let's say pressure piping connected to your pressure vessel when you're on the nozzle. So mm -hmm. let's say the pressure piping with thermal expansion because of the weight of the piping system, you know, will transfer a bending moment, torsion, or actual force to the pressure equipment. You know mm -hmm. what I'm talking about here? Sure. So normally the designer, the original designer, don't include these external forces in this uh, final design. For whatever the reason, it can be bad reason, can be good reason, uh, but the main reason it's the owner the owner shall, and I'm insisting on this shall, not should, not may, shall communicate these kind of load cases. 
like the other ones that I've, that I've mentioned, which is the fatigue aspect, which is the seismic, the the the, cris, uh, the, the cross uh, crosswind. So all these load case, cases can be very obvious because your pressure equipment will be installed in a seismic area, but the designer will probably not include it because the owner didn't request it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it can be a, a sort of a issues. Of course, if 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 the post construction activities later will justify the eighty percent of the time of the incidents, maybe the original design, if we are we have a lack of load cases included, can contribute to the future of this equipment. Oh sure. But my my point here, the owner. I'm talking about uh, to you guys, all the owners that listening right now. More and more, you will see in the ASME codes. Uh, you, uh, you, you, well, people, do you think people knows uh, what is an ASME code? Okay, here sure. in the podcast. Okay, so American Society Mechanical Engineers. All these standards used for building all these pressure equipment, pressure piping. More and more, you will see in these future editions, if it's not right now, the importance of the owner to describe his needs when it's time to purchase these equipment. And the rationale behind this is because the, we want that owner to understand what he what he bought and to, uh, to, uh, to, to be able to structure, of course, an inspection program and you will know more and more than never how to analyze the, the un- output of the inspection program. Mm-hmm. So if, if, in other words, if he's not participating at all to the project and he's put in aside because he don't have the time, because whatever the reason, you don't have the, enough knowledge, it doesn't make sense because mm-hmm. he will stay with the equipment, not the other uh, subcontractors. He will stay. He will walk the line every day. His offices will not be far away from the pressure equipment. So he will be exposed to the danger every day. So yeah. he shall be involved in the beginning to the end of the, uh, the, the service life of these equipment. For sure. And I know that you work in different industries, right? So you have like you receive cases from various different industries in your in your plate which ones are the ones that you guys see the most uh not the refineries uh but yes of course they have incidents but it's not uh, the kind of guy they are very well structured uh they have a lot of good people engineers uh, they have a you know the, the team is in place they know the danger mm-hmm. they are very very exposed to that and i to be honest, I don't receive so much uh, files from these guys. I want it, but it's <laughs> it's not the case. And it's okay. And it's okay. Now, you know, all these uh, smaller businesses, it's always uh, smaller than refineries. And so it, it can be a, a, a storage tank uh, terminal. You know, it's a lot of different kinds of storage tanks somewhere and then uh, we take it for granted all these storage tanks and we have pressure piping connecting all these uh, uh, storage tanks but this is the kind of places where mm, it's not very good where what we are doing at that these specific places 
so, uh, for example, uh, two weeks ago, I, re I received a file for a bitumen storage tank, mm -hmm. bitumen storage tank here in Quebec. And uh, our, uh, your listeners are uh, look localized all, all around the world. Uh, okay, so Quebec is, is is a province in Canada. And uh, I have received a, a bitumen storage tank, 180 feet of diameter. Just imagine the size of that storage tank. 25 years of uh, operation. And it was the first time they did a, an inspection, an API 653 inspection inside the storage tank. 25 years later, there is no damage mechanism to be honest it's 350 degrees fahrenheit of operation catalytic protection for the floor it's it's very uh, it's very warm enough to avoid any corrosion under insulation you know it's there is no clear damage mechanism so it's it, it's okay to do an inspection every 25 years but to do so, you need to remove all the bitumen inside. Imagine the amount of letters inside that tank. So, and you have a coil uh, on the floor. Oh, yeah. So the coil will, will, you will have a conflict to, to be able to inspect the floor with that coil. You know, the coil is uh, zigzagging everywhere. So they did a, an inspection. They did an inspection, and uh, they uh, they have decided to use only uh, something like 0.01% of the surface of the floor for inspection. 0.01%. Okay, just imagine the amount of percentage we are talking about. It's uh, not very because you need to clean it. You need to remove the bitumen on the surface of the floor. So they did very fast, and then they they say to the uh, the owner, "Okay, it's good to go. It's good for another 20 20 years." In years, it will be good for another 20 years without any other inspection. So it, they, they put back the bitumen inside. Few weeks later, they have seen bitumen under, under the, the floor. As, uh, well, the bitumen was leaking everywhere. So they, have, they, they decided they didn't have any choice to do it. They decided to stop the operation of this huge storage tank. And, and yeah, by any chance, they had uh, another uh, anti-tank not far away, so they were they were able to transfer the product and the other storage tank. After investigation, maybe I can show you my screen. Uh, it's, it's it's really neat. it's it's a real bad story. Do you see my screen right now? It's coming up. Yeah, I can see it now. You see my 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 well here. Oh, this is the floor. God. This yeah. is the floor. This is a lap joint floor. So it's the minimum requirements of API 650 in 1998, which is the uh, edition date of API 650, the code of construction used for building that storage tank. So just imagine 180 feet of diameter, bitumen at 350 degrees Fahrenheit in it. So if you remove it. During winter days, so you're shrinking the 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 storage tank will shrink, mm -hmm. and then we, if you come go back with your bitumen inside, you you push by increasing the temperature of, of carbon steel, and by just doing one cycle, a full full cycle of of thermal expansion, that well defect here, do you see it? Yeah. Well, it's an overlap. Okay, they call that overlap. Not 
not good. No code of construction will accept that, that overlap. So this is the complete section here with the bad well. Here it's not so bad. Here it was not so bad. We have a peak stresses here. But at that specific location, only something like 12 inches long. And you can imagine 150 feet of storage tank. So it's, there is a lot of well on the ground. Of course. Only that specific location was not well done in 25 years ago. So for the inspector, API 653 inspector, it was not easy to find, of course, with 0.01% of inspection. So in of other course. words, there is no chance that you will see that. So uh, because of these stresses, uh, secondary stresses of thermal expansion, when you rise the temperature again, so here at that specific place, a crack uh, was observed and, and then the, the bitumen uh, leaked at that specific location. So who's going to pay for that? Who's responsible of that? Is the is it the inspector or the manufacturer of that storage tank 25 years ago? A great I ever wrote that specification. How come one zero point zero one percent of inspection? Yes, yes, there can be another debate. Is it good enough? But uh, is it probably maybe makes sense to do it in the context? But at the end of the day, it's probably the two the two person. Right? I didn't complete my investigation yet, to be honest, but it's a kind of example of stuff that you will need to do when you do your, your design. But the designer is not responsible of that, of course, because you know he's doing drawings and he's sealing the drawings and he's uh, hoping that the, uh, the well will be well done by the, the manufacturer. Mm -hmm. But here it's clearly a bad manufacturing process. The welding was not well done. Um, uh, not clear if he was thinking about his girlfriend or you know the welder. You know, it's, it, there is a there is a clear clear human error at that specific location. Uh, the inspector at that time, 25 years ago, was supposed to see this kind of stuff. Obviously, he didn't see it, and he, uh, of course, 25 years later. Um, you know, we hope that we can find it, but it's not good engineering practice to uh, say that the uh, we will do 100% of the surfaces of the floor. It's okay. not good engineering practice. You can't do that. We have a coil. You can you can ask you cannot ask the the, the owner to remove the coil, clean the complete vessel, do your inspection, and reinstall the coil after that. It doesn't make sense. You will not have any job as an inspector. Probably you will, you will be too expensive. So where is the balance between inspection and 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 good inspection and to face these kind of uh, example or reality? So probably it's not easy to answer. But obviously the manufacturer was not was mainly ninety percent. Let's say of that file will be probably the manufacturer. And it was, it, 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 we will go back to the manufacturer 25 years after the fact. Mm. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a sort, sort of example of stuff that can happen sometimes. Uh, but uh, can you remind me your original question, by the way? Uh, when okay. <laughs> in, in which, because we've, we've spoken about the industries and now we were speaking about in the processes. So you see the most of, the damage afterwards after uh well this is a, a case where you showed us 
And thank you for showing those examples because a picture and it it's it's more than a thousand words we say. Yes. Yes. So it really shows us the idea behind it. So um, thank you for sharing. Do you have any other examples that yes. are uh, I have another visual? Example, another example, healed somebody. You want to hear about, you know, a Netflix series, uh, you know, uh, episode one, episode two, you know, yeah. a, a murder, a real murder. I'm sorry. <laughs> My dog is... Uh, coughing right now. I'm sorry about that. No worries. So uh, I have a real example uh, that somebody has died. Do you see my screen? We do. Yeah. Uh, this is a report. I, I can show you show my report because it's a public report. It's uh, it's uh, the uh, health and safety uh, uh, authorities in here in Quebec, CNN, uh, CNESST, which is if you're speaking French, CNESST. So uh, so these guys <laughs> mandate me after uh, somebody has died because of an explosion of their pressure equipment. This is the equipment that we are talking about here. Mm -hmm. So uh, this equipment is a temporary installation. We are a compressed, uh, it's a sand blaster, they call that, sand blaster. So uh, they are putting sand inside, compressed air, and we are sand blasting some structure to remove rust and to be able to paint it after. Here it was a bridge in Quebec. So they installed the compressor, as you can see here, Solaire, the sandblaster. And during the, the day or during the operation, you have found a leak on that manhole, a small leak. Okay, so uh, that specific manhole here, it was leaking. So they, are, they have ordered a, a, a gasket to be able to replace it. And then uh, the next opportunity, uh, you know, the sand was pretty low. You need to open this quick opening on the top here put the sand inside, they have decided to change the, the gasket at the same time. But mm -hmm. these guys didn't do that in their experience. It was was junior uh, operator, never did that in the, their experience first time. So they, they, they did their best, in other words. So uh, you know how, how it works, these these manuals? Uh, yeah. maybe, uh, maybe I can show it. Oops. Maybe I can show you um, this this picture right here. This is the way to go. So we have a, a, an O-brown shape. We have a cover that you put inside. We have these two clamps and, and you have the gasket inside. So if you have uh, to deal with pressure, the higher pressure you will have, more compression you will have on the gasket, okay? Mm -hmm. So they have changed the gasket with a new one reinstall the clamp as, as the best as they could, obviously. And they put the pressure back and few seconds later, the cover went out of that, uh, with that, uh, of that hole and went out and, and, and passed through an highway, okay, like a bullet. Oh my God. And, and never, nobody has been killed in the car, but the guy, one guy was walking in front of the vessel and when the, the compressed air has been released, something like 120 PSI of compressed air, the, the guy has been pushed on the structure and he died immediately because the, his, uh, his surface, his face was completely uh, destroyed. Oh, okay, wow. so, so he died because of that. That Not the cover uh, didn't touch the guy, but this, you know, the blow of the Yeah, just the air, energy, the, the energy, energy that was deployed, released. Yes, exactly. So, 
So, uh, so if I'm going back to this picture right here, so the equipment was was here. Do you see the the traces on the ground? Yeah. So that equipment, that huge equipment full of sand. So just imagine the amount of weight that we are talking about here used to be installed at that specific location. And then when the cover has, has uh, been removed by pressure, just the, the power of the, 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 the compressed air getting out of there pushed the vessel something like 10 feet from the original mm -hmm. location. So just imagine the amount of force and huge energy that we are talking about here. After investigation, Monica, do you know what happened? No. It's it's earth. No, it doesn't make sense. You will say to me, but it's uh it's a uh, 12 by 16 inches the size of these manuals, as you know probably. Yeah. They have installed a manual a cover of 11 by 15 feet inside the 12 by 16 feet. No. Uh, feet, I'm sorry, inches. It's not feet, inches. So it, the cover was smaller, obviously, than the uh, the 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 old brown shade, uh, original old brown shade inside the vessel. So it obviously, it doesn't make sense. It's not supposed mm -hmm. to be installed there, because uh, if you uh, understand the, the the history of these ASME code, it used to be the manuals of these uh, these uh, pressure equipment used to be 11 by 15 feet uh, feet. I'm sorry, inches. Inches. And now, since 2001, or since the beginning of this uh, century, the uh, the code has changed to 12 to 16 inches, because probably American people are bigger than never, so <laughs> they have decided <laughs> to increase it. But for whatever the reason, it's not clear in my investigation why. After the uh, we have installed a smaller uh, uh, cover inside the the mantle. It was not clear. Nobody was were able to explain me that, but obviously it's, it was not the original cover. When they, they did the, the pressure vessel, uh, the brand new vessel, on the data report, it was written that the cover was 12 by 16 in, uh, inches. Now, some, somebody has changed it for whatever the reason. And when he have installed it, they didn't center you know, the cover exactly at the center of the, the, the 12 by 16 inches. And they have changed the, the gasket thicknesses. It used to be very thin, very, you know, very rigid gasket. And they have decided to change for a, a rubber, rubber gasket, thicker gasket. So the cover, if you don't install it at the, on the middle of the, the, the hole, uh, and it's thicker, the gasket and and it's, you know the rubber material it's not as rigid as uh, another kind of material so the the cover moved because of gravity probably and then a, a breach probably has been created and the compressed air was able to get out of there mm -hmm. uh, deformed plastically deformed the cover because the cover cannot go get out of that hole because it's inside so mm -hmm. you need to deform the, the cover plastically deform the cover to be able to get out the, the cover of there and release the complete energy from the, the vessel here. So it's a, here is clearly it's a human error from mm -hmm. different kind of human errors. Somebody in the past changed the cover to a bigger, to a smaller cover. The guy who did the job uh, that day, no experience at all. They were not able to say, oh, there is a problem with that cover. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. There is something strange with that cover. There is no so much movement in that cover. I cannot center that cover. Probably it's not the appropriate cover for the uh, the nozzle. So I will stop to do the job. I will not do it. I will ask question. There is something wrong with that. No experience. So they don't know anything about that. They did their best. And uh, also, by the way, uh, the safety device was not. Uh, the set pressure was higher than the pressure equipment, but it's not the, the, the reason why the explosion occurred. But it's another example of bad installation. Um, well, the set, the set pressure was 200 PSI and the design pressure uh, of the vessel was 150. So it's, come on. It, but uh, but it's, not the, it's not the explanation of the, the story. And the installation was not according to our regulation here in Quebec in the province of Quebec here in Canada. So we have rules and this installation was not according to the rules, but it's not, it's not the explanation of the explosion, but it, it ju- it's just other kind of subjects that can maybe explain some other kind of incidents. So that, in other words, that installation was not appropriate for the service and it was written in the sky that the problem will occur pretty soon. So is, is it a good example, Monica? Oh, wow. It's a fantastic example of many things that went wrong. Uh, not only the change of, yeah, you can see how it it really, yeah, you shouldn't a, be able to do that. No, you, you, you can't mm-hmm. do that uh, without pushing yeah. on the other side with compressed air. So just imagine that it, it's it's crazy. People, people don't realize it probably, but the amount of uh, energy ready mm-hmm. to be deployed inside this kind of equipment, it doesn't make sense. If you see if you you, you can maybe uh, sit on my chair and see all these kind of stuff, you will realize the danger. Uh, uh, Monica, it's not it's not it's, it's not a joke, but when I'm driving my car, when I see a big truck, you know, carrying a, a natu- uh, liquefied natural gas or, you know, uh, propane or whatever, mm-hmm. I don't like Any it. of those compressed uh, things. I don't like it, so I'm driving faster to 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 get out of the area <laughs> of the uh, of the truck. But it's uh, uh, my neighbor has a, a propane uh, storage uh, storage tank. I don't like it. I'm <laughs> I'm not using compressed air at home uh, because uh, I prefer ele- uh, electro electrical uh, tools because compressed air I don't like it because I've seen too much in my life. I'm, I don't want you to, to, to sell all your pressure equipment at home, but um, you need at least to follow the manufacturer requirements. You know, mm-hmm. when you have a compressed uh, vessel at home, there's a maintenance to do, they call that. Mm-hmm. So the, you need to drain it because the water will be trapped inside and you need to inspect it every year with ultrasonic examination. Probably people don't do that. <laughs> I don't I don't think anyone does that and that is this is a really good example of many things that went wrong and like you pointed out not only it did it, it wasn't sit down like it was supposed to be not only the PSV was not labeled or was not rated at, for mm. the service so it is like that swiss cheese picture that 
the the has of people or you know the safeguarding people shows us all the time that we don't want all those holes in the switches to align because then an incident will occur and this is exactly the case so many okay. things could have gone wrong before but it's just at this time everything aligned and then unfortunately that person is killed or uh, really injured <laughs> or uh, yeah do you want another example for uh, maybe just for fun? For sure. <laughs> for sure. Just another for fun. File. But it's not industrial example. It's a water eater. Okay. Everybody has a water eater. Yeah. At home. Yeah. So where's your water eater right now, Monica? Uh, it's in, in the basement. Okay. It's in the basement. Are you above the water eater right now? I am right exactly above uh, really aligned with your water heater right now not me but like let's say the kitchen is okay right so above. stay there stay where <laughs> you are you're not in danger so just just to see my screen right now so it used to be under the stairs the water heater it ex the water heater explode pass through the stairs pass through the roof and and uh, arrive to uh, the neighbor one of one of the feet uh, away from that specific location here one of the feet it's like uh, how many meters it's uh, something like 40 meters i don't know like 45 meters yeah 40, 45 meters so so, uh, so what happened here about here the the water eater was 11 years old so uh, do you know that every 10 years we need to change our water eaters mm -hmm. it's supposed to be like that uh, proactively, because it's uh, you know it can be uh, the uh, all the devices can can be damaged, so it's a sort of maintenance, let's say. And uh, the water heater uh, was 11 years old, so I'm one year above 10 years. And what happened? It's the uh, the thermocouples, you know, all these uh, heaters. You know, it, it, there is a mechanical uh, device uh, open the, the circuit for e electricity and close it and open it and close it and open it. And then it stayed closed for, for whatever the reason. And the heater, you know, heat, eat the water, heat the water. And we are during the night, so nobody was using water. And, and the, the, the temperature rise, 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 rise. Until... We reached the point where the bottom head, which is a, a concave head inside the vessel, so we are pushing on the external surface of the head. So the head was not, it was the weakest point of the vessel, and the head, the bottom head exploded, as you know, and you know the, the end of the story. So, what happened with the safety device? Mm -hmm. We have a safety device. What happened? I don't know, Monica, because the safety device has been destroyed <laughs> in the story oh. here. And we uh, have yeah, because uh, you know it's on the upper section of the the, the the water eater, the safety device. So obviously the safety device didn't work, and it's the purpose of the safety device. So it, it was a problem of 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 design, or is it, it was a problem of maintenance. It was a problem of uh, I don't know exactly what happened with the safety device, but obviously everything was aligned for a catastrophe that day. But it's pretty rare, by the way. Uh, people don't be afraid of your water heater. This is very rare that you will see that kind of stuff. But it's an example of pressure equipment mm -hmm. that we have in our house, uh, mm -hmm. waiting for uh, releasing energy. That's uh, here. It's it was steam. 
because obviously we, we warm up so much of temperature that the water uh, transforming steam and you know the volume of the, the vessel went out uh, went went up and and the energy needs to go somewhere mm -hmm. so uh, another example of my days that's incredible and i know that we are supposed to check that safety device on yes yes it's true and uh, on the on the heaters and it is very rare we do that and mm -hmm. yeah. uh, we are supposed to um, uh, inspect the uh, cathode anode uh, i'll just uh, you know anode, 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 anode inside yeah. the, the vessel so we need to remove it sometimes we double check it if if it's if, if the anode is still there nobody does that nobody do that we are supposed supposed to drain the vessel Who's doing that? Yeah, yeah, that's very, that's very, yeah, and that's basic maintenance, you know. So yeah, and so it's a, and it's a potential issue that we have in everyone's houses because we all like our showers to be warm, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So nobody's doing that. It's the reason why the insurance company now come come with uh, this uh, requirements, which is ten years, mm -hmm. because if we were uh, in, uh, maintaining these water eaters all the time, probably it will be 25 years, 20 years of operation because you're changing the anode the inside, you're draining the, the vessel, you know, you do your, your stuff to uh, increase the, 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 um, the duration life of uh, operation life of the vessel. But because nobody is doing that statically, statically, aesthetically, well, Aesthetically, uh, yeah, thank you. speaking, <laughs> it's ten years because we don't do anything about that. So it's reason why. And that's so sad because that is not sustainable. Like I mean, we are talking in in the podcast. We are talking a lot about sustainability and then how we can make these things last better or yes. have another life in mind or how we can reuse it, how we can, and then yet we are seeing that what we are in need where we are implementing to protect mm. ourselves is something that it is not probably half life of that vessel just exactly. because we are not doing the due diligence uh i can maybe it's a call for action about, i guess uh, yeah yeah I have a, a lot of different kind of example like this. I don't know how many minutes we have. Uh, we are almost days. done here, but we'll we'll bring you back for sure for another. Like we're gonna do a series, like you said, like the Netflix. So you're gonna be called the Material Business. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Part two, part three, part twenty-six. Yes. Uh, episode one, uh, sub uh, point one point one, one point two. Yes, we can, we can do that if you want. For sure. So since we are at the end of, of the time, um, what is your message for the audience? Well, please, please help me as a forensic engineer to do my job. In other words, documentation. Quality of your documentation. Every assumptions, every um, thoughts, every, um, every observation, every pictures. Pictures, yes, the, the most important thing. And if you don't do that, it will be a mess 
to uh, to invest to do our investigation. And also, you it will be a mess to protect yourself against you know whatever it can happen. Mm -hmm. If you don't have any documentation, it's easy for me to point my my guns in your direction. Mm -hmm. You cannot fight against that because you don't didn't document anything. Engineers, please. Yes, another message is professional engineers. Uh, um, we, need, we need these guys. We need these guys somewhere, everywhere. Uh, the design aspect on the maintenance side, uh, the inspection program, interpretation of the uh, results, a choice of, of the materials, of course, for the process. We need these guys. Of course, a professional engineer cannot be good in every field of expertise. So uh, we have a, a code of eth ethic code saying that we can accept, we can't accept uh, tasks that we are not good to do. But we need professional engineers in the process to reduce mm -hmm. the risk of incidents. I have, I have observed a lot of time documentation without the, uh, the existence of these profi professional engineers. So everybody are designing stuff, you know, and you think that they are they have the, the knowledge to uh, challenge the results and everybody can be a designer somewhere. Everybody can do interpretation of uh, the, the inspection results. But when a professional en engineer comes to, to to play in the in the team, I have realized that there is less risk of incident. But I'm not saying that it's you know for sure uh, you will you will not see any incidents if you have professional professional engineers. I'm not saying that we are God. I'm not saying that we have the the, the answer of every uh, questions. I'm not saying that. But it, there is lesser risk to see incidents. And more and more in the uh, ASME codes and the regulations, you will see the requirements to have a professional engineers mm -hmm. somewhere. And uh, we can see that in the latest edition of the ASME Section 8 Division 1 for pressure equipment, as an example, if you deal uh, deal uh, with a seismic or a fatigue or a final element analysis, you shall have a professional engineer involved in your design. So it's a it's, it's an example here in Quebec. We are uh, I don't know if you uh, know CRN Canadian registration yeah. number uh, for people outside Canada. If you ship a pressure equipment here in Canada, we need to challenge your design. We need to double check your calculation, your drawings before giving you a notarization to build your vessel for can the Canadian market. And before the the, the professional professional engineer was not requested. Now it's requested. We wow. shall see a seal of a professional engineer on the drawing before giving you any authorization to build your vessel. So the future is going in that direction, and it makes sense because we have seen so much incidents, mm -hmm. and we want to reduce them. Of course, it's our mission. Of course, um, of course. And you have already the body that is enforcing that and we have already the professionals that are in there so why don't we use them so it's it makes sense that we go in the direction of using someone that can stamp because that is kind of your guarantee right that you have someone uh, that is looking at it in a total way because they know they are responsible they know they will have social responsibility like we spoke at the beginning towards what they are doing 
So that's yeah. it makes sense. And we have an obligation uh, to uh, to uh, receive continuous training mm -hmm. every year uh, as a professional engineer. So we have the obligation to be, uh, let's say, uh, aware of uh, the, the, the last techno technologies or the last mm -hmm. revision of the code or, you know, we have the responsibility to keep training uh, open every year as a professional engineer to keep our permit to practice. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Well, well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure uh, bringing you in and sharing with the audience. I'm sure everyone will super enjoy this, especially because you showed so many examples, visual examples. So people that are listening Spotify or Apple Music can go and check on YouTube because there is cool pictures out of out of this. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, once again, for the audience, thank you so much for growing and sharing and uh, and then keeping keeping us doing what we like to do. Hugo, thank you so much. And we look forward for, well, we'll call it the next episode. Okay. okay. <laughs> My pleasure, Monica. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bon, t'as arrêté de...